Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Factory of the past versus factory of the future. Does Charlie Chaplin's struggling image of the little tramp in the 1936 film Modern Times still represent today's factory worker and the shop floor scenario? No, says emphatically IDC's Bob Parker, and I quote, Recent research conducted by IDC Manufacturing Insights shows that manufacturing employees care deeply about quality and management truly appreciates their team's skills and dedication. The age of contentious labor management relationships is over in manufacturing. We'll be talking to Bob Parker in a few minutes and finding out exactly what he means and what IDC found out. SAP's Mike Lackey is also optimistic. He says, what's under the water? Manufacturing is active growing and improving like a living entity, quote-unquote. I can just see it moving there, Mike. We'll be talking to you in a minute. And Factory of the Future, IDC's Pierre Menente predicts the following. Mobility, which is a huge topic on Coffee Break with Game Changers, mobility will be integral to workforce engagement. The amount of network traffic on the factory floor will increase by an order of magnitude in the next Five years. Persistently connected employees and assets are a fast approaching reality, unquote. And I found these three quotes on Factory of the Future. I want to add from an article in MetropolisMag.com from 2002. They said old school factory workers looked like Charlie Chaplin in modern times with wrenches and rumpled overalls. But post-industrial factory guys wear spotless T-shirts. That's one. And Warren G. Bennis, a psychologist, said, listen to this, the Factory of the Future will have only two employees, a man and a dog. The man will be there to feed the dog. The dog will be there to keep the man from touching the equipment. And one more set of bon mots. The real problem is not whether machines think, but whether men do. That's from good old B.F. Skinner in the Contingencies of Reinforcement way back in 1969. So join us for the next hour for Factory of the Future, Ready, Set, Now, Part 2. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Thrilled to have you here with us. If you'd like to tweet live during the show, we'd love to have your questions and your comments. Go to hashtag SAP Radio. I will be watching. I'll retweet. And if you have any great questions, I will be announcing them on the show. So now let me introduce briefly for a quick hello my three esteemed guests. Bob Parker is a group vice president at IDC, responsible for the research direction at IDC Manufacturing Insights and IDC Retail Insights. Insights. Quickly, hello, Bob Parker. How are you today? Hi, Bonnie. I'm great. Thank you. Wonderful. Thanks for calling in. And Pierre Menenti, I heard you ring back in. I think you're here with us. Pierre leads the IDC Manufacturing Inserts Research Practice in EMEA and is the global lead for the Operations Technology Strategies Advisory Service. That's a big business card. Welcome, Pierre. How are you today? Hey, hey Bonnie. I'm very good. Good. Thank you for calling. We, we got you all the way from Italy. Thanks for calling in. And Mike Lackey is Vice President of Solution Management, LOB Manufacturing, SAP Labs. Welcome to the show, Mike. You're a newcomer. How are you today? I am doing terrific, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. 
My pleasure. Now we're going to go back and dive into your quotes, really pithy quotes today. So let's start with Bob Parker. Recent research conducted by IDC Manufacturing Insight shows manufacturing employees care deeply about quality. Let's stop right there. How do you know that, Bob? Because we all know, we all still think of the production facility of the, what they call it, the assembly line, and we think of stuff coming off. Oh, damn, who is number 235 who put that little sticker in my T-shirt or on my car window? Do they care about quality? Bob, what do you think? Well, number 235 certainly does, and not only that, his supervisor knows his name. Um, <laughs> yeah, we did a, we did a, we did a uh, survey sponsored by Kronos, which is a SAP partner in workforce management. And, and what we found was, and I kind of expected to see this, but not to the degree to which we found. Um, so we asked um, folks from the manufacturing industry the, de- the degree to which they agreed with certain statements, one of them being that employees care about quality, that management appreciates the efforts of and skills of the team. And those were the top two choices, both well over 70% uh, in agreement. So that's where I come to the conclusion that this age of contentious management is over, and it's really about um, management and the workforce working together to put out a quality product that satisfies their customers. What did you think about my quote about the man and the dog? <laughs> did you expect that? That was, that was very good. <laughs> Just found it 10 minutes before the show. I thought I'd give everybody a smile. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate that. And I have a feeling that the fact that, as I said, that the factory workers are wearing those spotless T-shirts, and we know, as we'll get into in our conversation later in the show, many of them are carrying tablets, iPads. They know what's going on even before it happens. They're plugged into mobility. They're plugged into analytics. They're part of the team. They're not just standing there pushing that widget out over and over and over again a thousand times a day. They matter. Management wants them to matter. So we'll be talking about that. Mike Lackey, you're optimistic. What's under the water? Manufacturing is active, growing, improving. I see it. Mike, you gave me a picture almost of a of a, an octopus with all these tentacles doing all these things in the factory. What kind of organism did you see under the water when you talk about manufacturing, Mike? Well, I think you just gave a very good picture of, of what I was think, implying when I when I gave you this quote. You know, I, I'm, I guess I'm just a little tired of hearing what happened to manufacturing. You know, manufacturing hasn't went anywhere. It, it may have been dormant for a while, but while it was under, um, you know, while it was under the water, it's been growing. It's it's ever changing. And if you look at some of the innovations that our manufacturers and our customers providing today is pretty phenomenal. I sat in a meeting, and it just happened to be yesterday, with a pump manufacturer. He didn't talk with me about what he's, you know, how they're improving their business, how they're improving quality. He talked about me, how, he's good, how they're changing the world, that in Africa, their pumps are being married with solar panels where they can mm. pump water into a tank. The solar panel heats it and makes it drinkable, and how much water they're producing a day to help people live. And I said, you know what? These guys are innovative. These guys are changing the world. We only look at what's on the surface. What, 10% of, a, of an iceberg is above the water? It's what's underneath it. And those are the things that where manufacturing is really growing and really exceeding here. It's not just the traditional things that we think about. It's more about the passion that our people have and what they're making, how they're changing the world, how they're changing the way people are living. Um, you know, I used to love to tell my daughter, you know, that the coolest guy on the planet was my age. That was Steve Jobs. Uh, you know, today it's uh, in her eyes, it's um, it's uh, Rick White, Ron White, the uh, 
the skier there. Uh, so, you know, she's mm-hmm. got her own things. But my whole thing here is that manufacturing is growing, it's ever-changing, and it's not just what it was a year ago or two years ago. The innovation is really reaching out and changing the way uh, people are looking at the world. And manufacturing is at the heart of that. Thank you, Mike. And I hear you saying uh, the subtext I hear, imagination, creativity, breaking down the walls, the barriers, pushing the limits, bringing new technology and new innovation ideas into what was the stodgy old factory setting, which is why we reference Charlie Chaplin no more. It's not his factory anymore. Before we go to break, we've got three minutes. I want to bring in Pierre Menente. And Pierre says, mobility will be integral to workforce engagement. I talked about the fact that a lot of the workforce in the factory floor, on the factory floor, has their tablets. Pierre, is this where mobility is coming in, or is it much more pervasive than that? What do you think, the connectivity? Talk to me about that. Well, yes, absolutely. What we are seeing is a sort of revolution, if you like, on the plant floor. So we are really starting seeing uh, uh, employees on, on the plant floor that are also personally connected. We are starting seeing assets on the plant floor that are, are also connected. So this is becoming a, a fast approaching uh, reality, if you like. It's, it is not only about the consumerization of IT, IT and, and people bringing their own uh, devices on the plant floor, but we are seeing uh, progressively um, uh, manufacturers implementing mobility on the plant floor as a way to uh, improve their you know, business processes, to, to give uh, more visibility to their uh, employees and, and engage them right in the, in, the, in the processes. So the result of that, we are seeing uh, uh, increasing traffic on the plant floor, uh, uh, and more and more factories are also uh, becoming interconnected. So they are open, they are connected to the Internet, and all this bunch of information coming from uh, mobiles and assets is is creating a great opportunity for for the function of the future, actually. Pierre, I have a question for you. We have about a minute and a half before break. And by the way, you sound great, so thank you for calling back in. This is terrific. Uh, Pierre, we, we're talking about manufacturing as, as a big M on somebody's sweatshirt or T-shirt, if you will. We haven't talked about what kind of manufacturing. When you talk about mobility, are these the, the little widgets? Are these the coffee pots? Are these the cars? Are these the, the uh, mass-produced clothing, textiles, if you will? What kind of manufacturing is seeing this huge influx of mobility, this addition of this technology? Can you give us a couple of industries where this is really happening, or is it everyone? Yeah, sure, yes. I would say that in a sense it's everywhere. So, uh, but there are certain industries that are faster than others in the way they need to take decision and the way processes are, uh, are, are running, right? So think about the high tech industry, which is probably is the most, uh, advanced in terms of adoption of, of mobility, but also, uh, uh, in a very critical industry such as um, automotive, for example, uh, and also we are seeing that uh, ramping up in aerospace. Okay, uh, industries that are um, we are seeing a little bit lagging behind are more traditional, uh, for example, metal fabrication or chemicals. Right, these are a little bit lagging behind. Uh, but uh, all in all, uh, in a very recent research, uh, we asked about. Uh, uh, mobility and other modern technology on the plant floor. We asked, do you think this technology can change the way um, uh, y- your company is operating? Uh, and, and guess what? Uh, incredibly, 95% of, the, of these organizations said, well, 
this technology will change the way we work. Mm-hmm. Good, good insights, good numbers. I like when something is 95%. That means it's going to be real if it isn't already. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Topic today, Factory of the Future Ready, Set, Now. I'm speaking with Bob Parker and Pierre Menente from IDC, Mike Lackey from SAP. When we come back, you know what's coming, kids, the coffee break. We'll find out what Bob, Pierre, and Mike are drinking. We've also got tweets from Malcolm and Maribel. Find out what they're drinking, and then we'll dive deep dive back into our topic, Factory of the Future. Don't go away. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Yes, we are back, and it's time for Coffee Break. Bob Parker, IDC. First of all, where are you calling from today, Bob, and what is in your cup? Well, I'm uh, calling from Carmel, California, and in honor of the... uh, the uh, previous mayor of Carmel, I'm having coffee with an empty chair and interviewing them while we sit here. So, <laughs> and what's in the cup? What's in the cup? <laughs> oh, the cup is a little uh, dirty, hairy orange juice. How's that? That's I've never heard of it, but it sounds interesting. <laughs> I hope it's healthy for you. And let's turn to SAPs. Mike Lackey, what are you drinking today? Anything more interesting than that? That's pretty good. I don't Bob. know if I can be more interesting than that. But I'm calling you from Waldorf, Germany, and uh, here at corporate headquarters. And in the uh, 
in honor of Oktoberfest that is getting ready to kick off here in Germany. I'd rather not discuss what's in my cup. But uh... <laughs> we've never, I've never. I think this is our 65th show. Nobody's ever said that. So you've just, you've just been a game changer, Mike. Oh, come on, tell me what was in your cup yesterday. We got to have something to drink. <laughs> You know what? Here in, in, in corporate, it's all about the coffee corners. There's more business done at our coffee corners that are at, at every section of the building. I'm having a double espresso. Thank you very much. And that's why we call the show Coffee Break with Game Changers, because now we know the coffee breaks can be game changers. I love it, Mike. Thank you for linking the terms. And Pierre Menente, you're calling from where today, Pierre? I'm today in in London, right? So instead of visit here this afternoon, I mean, my 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 coffee is uh, cup for the morning is empty because I drank that many hours ago. But I would say that it's full of a lot of actual the future research and, and data. Oh well, that's very good. But what about some tea? You're in London. You must be drinking. It must be high tea somewhere over there. Are you going to be drinking tea Absolutely. today? Absolutely. Don't forget that I'm Italian, so I'm I'm, I'm going with the coffee espresso. Okay, I like that. We, we were really chugging, chugging out on coffee today and whatever that orange juice was. Now let's dive back. Oh, I have a couple of coffee orders on the web here. We have Maribel Lopez, a, a guest from last week's show, is enjoying her blue bottle coffee. Oh, in her SAP Radio Game Changers cup. Anybody who would like an official Game Changers mug, go to www.sapgamechangersradio.com. Give us your address, sign in, and we will send you the most beautiful oversized coffee break with Game Changers mug. It even has my name on it, and everybody loves the mug. So thank you, Maribel, for that plug. And Malcolm just killed his Equator coffee cup of tiger by the tail. Okay, Malcolm laughs all around. It does just what it sounds like. It takes you for a ride. Woohoo! You know something? They don't let me have caffeine on show day, so I'll have to wait till after the show for that. So let's dig back into Factory of the Future. Bob Parker, I wanted to ask you uh did first of all did you agree with the quote about the dog that that's where we're going the future factory of the future will have two employees a man and a dog the man will be there to feed the dog and the dog will keep the man from touching the equipment will it be so automated that you can't even let anybody touch it or is that just a fantasy bob start me off with that then we'll get serious yeah, I thought that was uh, quite entertaining. And in fact, uh, I often talk about one of my favorite authors growing up was Kurt Vonnegut. And one of his first books was a book called Player Piano. And the scenario in the book is that no one is employed because uh, factories have become so automated that they yes. just sort of make the products and they make their own decisions. And um, if they need a new machine, they just build it, they just build it themselves and add it to the factory. So nobody works. Um, and it's uh, kind of a bleak societal picture that Kurt um, paints, as you might imagine. Yes. I, actually, I think, I think it's quite the opposite, actually, in terms of the workforce. What we hear from our clients is not that, you know, we have no use for people, uh, but they have a real need, a desperate need for the right people with the right skills. There's actually a serious uh, workforce shortage. If you uh, hear any of the quotes from the CEO of Caterpillar, you'll see that, you know, he just talks about having people who know how to weld and know manufacturing engineering and know how to have specific machining skills. And there's a great shortage. So I think what we see from that is this shift where when it was the Charlie Chaplin factory, 
We did workforce management. Did you punch in? Did you punch the time clock? Were you there? Are you on your schedule? Are you producing what you what you what your um, what you've agreed to produce? Uh, you know, some factories were even piecework. You only got paid by what you produced. And that era is long gone, and it's really a people-centric factory of the future, if you can believe that, quite the opposite of the man and the dog. Um, and, and it's going to be all about engaging that workforce and, and giving them the information they need uh, to, to do a better job. And we talk a lot about, one, one of my clients told me that the key skill in factory management for him is going to be the ability to discern between complexity and complication. So mm. complexity in manufacturing is a fact of life. And what I need is talented people that can understand the information and make good decisions. And if I do that, I'll, I'll manage the, the given complexity better and have a competitive advantage. Complication is waste. And for a number of years now, going back to the roots in Toyota, um, we've been able to uh, empower our factory uh, employees with lean tools and Six Sigma tools to drive improvement. So I see this era of workforce engagement very, very different than the man and the dog, as amusing as it was. Thank you, Bob. I have a, a point to make here. We had part one on this topic, the Manufacturing Factory of the Future Ready Set. Now, April 11th, so it's almost exactly today, September 12th, we're live. So it's five months and one day since. And one of the key points I took away from the original show, and Bob and Pierre were with me on the show, was that it's no longer a point of, oh, my kid works in a factory, my kid can't do anything in terms of professionalism, lawyer, doctor, Indian chief, whatever whatever professional was considered to be or will consider to be. There was a question of a matter of pride. My kid's part of this factory. He's got his tablet. He's part of understanding the analytics. And Bob, that goes to your point. And I want to ask Pierre or Mike to jump in on this one. The point that a job in a factory today can be an exciting job. But my question to anybody on the panel is, what are the skills it takes today if you're not just looking at a thousand widgets a day, but you're actually doing something with your mind to make things happen? So who wants to jump in on that? Who is qualified to work in the factory today? Well, Bonnie, this is Mike Lackey. I'm going to start with what we're not getting today in the factory. And i just give you an example. I'm walking to the office today. Mother's dragging her child down to school, off to school. And the kid's saying, Mom, why do I have to go to school? Why can't I just Google it? And I want to turn and tell the kid, so you can think for yourself. Okay? Uh-huh. Companies that are world-class today are asking their, employer, their employees to think for themselves. Mm-hmm. You tell me what we need to do better. You tell me where we can reduce costs. You tell me where we can apply innovation. And by the way, that innovation, that kid wasn't all wrong. This is the Google generation. How do you Mm -hmm. take these kids that are growing up with that interaction that you get from an iPad, that you get from the Internet, and you bring that generation into the plant, and how do you, you know, our challenge uh, as managers is how do you funnel that that it, that innovative innovative thinking into the shop floor, so that when you're making that widget, that widget is made at the optimal cost, at the highest quality. And you know what? It's, and it's pretty cool because it's going into another widget, and guess what? That other widget is going to be delivered uh, in the hundreds of thousands to customers, and it's going to change the way they they live their lives. So you know that's I think you're seeing is we're not getting the the, the the worker who wants to work with their hands. We got the workers who are wanting to go to the internet 
and let it work for them. And uh, that's the challenge we're finding. But, but. When, you, when you do direct that innovation, that innovative thinking, the changes that are going to happen on the shop floor are just at the cusp right now. It's going to really change the way uh, companies do business today. Mm-hmm. Pierre, I want you to dive in on this one. What's your thought about who should be, who is working in the factory? Who will do predictions later on at the end of the show in the crystal ball segment? But Pierre, what do you see in terms of the skill set it's going to take to be part of this? I see it as a bigger team effort now, not just I management your worker, get those widgets done. So Pierre, what's your point of view on this? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I would like to echo something that was said by Bob before. I mean, first, we need to think what would be the factual of the future to, to answer your question. So the factual of the future mm-hmm. would be an extremely flexible uh, factory that is focused and aimed at maximizing customer fulfillment to fulfill the need of the customer. So that the focus of this uh, factual of the future would be their capabilities to fulfill rather than their uh, uh, capacity as today, right? In this sense, uh, I completely agree with what Bob said. Uh, the factual of the future will be people intensive, okay, rather than merely automation intensive. Let me explain better. Automation is essential, right? But it's not enough to create the type of flexibility which is needed today and in the future. So going back to your question, so the people that uh, will be required in the factory of the future are those who will have uh, very advanced skills, right? Mm-hmm. So it will be the decision makers, those who can govern uh, the, uh, the factory, which will be automated, will have more robotics, will have more information technology, and gives all the information that these people require to take fast decisions and create that level of flexibility that machines won't be able to uh, create uh, in the near future. Okay, thank you, Pierre. You know what? We have about a minute and a half before break. I want to throw another monkey wrench, if you'll excuse the expression in the factory setting here. Worker health and safety. What's going on with worker health and safety if we've upped the game for their involvement, for their maybe the the, the clean T-shirts rather than the overalls and the wrenches? Is this something, uh, Bob or Pierre, you want to dive on this one? Pierre, you want to take that? Yeah, I can do that. So, uh, of course, generally speaking, urban safety is extremely important in factory today and will, will be in the future, right? So uh, there are two aspects here. One aspect is that uh, thinking to the factory of the future, which will be more automated and will have more safe robotics, right? This will mm-hmm. help uh, 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 the urban safety because people will be able just to take decisions, won't do necessarily manual works, right? more manual activities. Right? So the other thing is the, is the ability to gather the information in real time about the risks connected to a certain production right, to avoid urban safety issues. And this is where information technology is taking place, uh, particularly the, the, the mobility that we mentioned uh, uh, early, early before, right? Okay, thank you. You know what? I want um, Bob, hold that thought, or Mike, I'm going to go up to break. As soon as we come back, we'll continue this. We're talking to Bob Parker, Pierre Menente, Mike Lackey about Factory of the Future, and we're going to segue from talking about the workers and the concept of being on the floor to end-to-end factory performance when we come back, intelligent factory operations. We're going to talk about operational effectiveness, and we're going to talk about the integrated value chain, end-to-end, customers, suppliers, costs, what's coming off the chain, how are they selling it, and how is this impacting pricing in 
in the global economy. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers. Don't even think of touching that app. We'll be right back. Brad out. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com Voice America Business Network The bottom line in business You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at twitter hashtag sapradio now let's get back to coffee break with game changers and we're back mike lackey was trying to get a word in edgewise and i sidled out to the break too fast mike what we're talking about worker health and safety go ahead no actually uh i think everything was covered there uh, yeah, I think that as our operators um, of the future are going to be the ones that's going to help us uh, to address these issues because they're, they're going to be the ones in the know. And uh, a lot of the, like was stated, a lot of the automation is much safer than it was in the past. And uh, I think that's going to lead to, uh, you know, to the safer work area. Okay, so take me now into integrated value chain. We're talking the customers, suppliers, the costs, the materials, everything end-to-end. How do we get this all put together? Is mobility helping this? Are analytics helping this? How is this all coming together in the factory of the future, which we know is already starting now, Mike? Uh, Well, it's about responsiveness, right? It's about you know Mm -hmm. how innovation can help you make better decisions. How do you get information faster? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the more time you give to a, a supply chain to react, you know, the better chances are your ability to deliver, have on-time delivery, deliveries increases. So when you look at mobility, you look at machines, smart machines, being able to tell you, hey, I'm ready for the next or I'm about to run out in real time, and that information can be analyzed and sent to your suppliers, you have the better opportunity to have those orders on time, to have them at a reduced, a reduced cost. So what I see, you know, our partners and our customers doing today is building flexibility and building the ability to expand our supply chain and contract it based on our business. And I think that's what you're really going to see, the importance of mobility, large being able to analyze large sets of data very fast is the ability to have a more responsive supply chain, which is going to lead to better on-time delivery and reduce your cost. Thank you. Bob Parker, what's your point of view on this? Agree, disagree? Got anything to add? Yeah, I agree. We, you know, we, for a long time we've always talked about manufacturing execution systems, and uh, Pier Francesco and I have had a long kind of soapbox issue around that it needs to be fulfillment execution systems, which simply means it's not just what happens in the 
four walls of the factory, but it's the inbound material and the outbound finished goods. And the one thing I would add to Mike's point about all the data and the processes, the one thing we find is there's this consistent correlation between repeatable, reliable processes and the ability to innovate. So if, if your processes run and are dependable, that actually frees up a lot of time for your employees, for the people in your organization to innovate on things. Um, because if I decide to do something different, I have a tremendous amount of confidence that the process can adjust to that. So um, it, it's interesting. Sometimes people think about driving consistency into the process as being kind of a, a slow slog and you got to do it and it's Six Sigma and it's kind of boring statistics. But it also mm-hmm. creates a lot of freedom for the organization to do something. So um, as, uh, it may sound like uh, uh, something pretty dull to do to drive consistency into a process, but it really allows you to do some fun stuff as well. Okay, I want to pose a question to all three panelists, if I may. We're talking about this as we've talked about. It's across all industries, manufacturing all across the globe. There had to be a point in time where the management, the senior management, the owners of a factory production had to say, wait a minute, things are happening out there. People are doing it better than we do. How do we get on board this mobility train? How do we get on board this innovation? How do we get the right people in to start bringing innovation in as a core requirement of our people and as a future direction, build it into the business plan, change directions, have a future goal? In other words, something had to happen uh, a paradigm shift, if you will, in the old way of thinking and the new. When did this happen? Is it still ongoing? Are there certain industries, I think somebody mentioned in the beginning, some are lagging. Which ones are lagging and why? Is it because they're so so process-oriented, so capacity-oriented that they can't see the future? Uh, who would like to take this? I'm, I'm open to anybody jumping in. Uh, this is Pierre. They can try uh, to answer this. Um, well, <clears throat> I think it's a matter of value chain. So uh, what we are seeing is that the industries that are closer to consumer are, are taking on mobility and business process uh, rapidity, right, uh, before than other industries. I, I think that all that we are talking about, so the importance of mobility, the importance of, you know, innovating business processes, being faster in, respond, in responding to customer uh, demand and et cetera, is all generated by the end of the supply chain. So to the consumers that are using mobility in their private life uh, and modern technology like cloud and et cetera, are taking their decisions, their purchasing decisions, extremely rapidly, right? So, and this is, it's, you know, it's going down to the supply chain. Of course, the first uh, uh, who is, is getting this uh, crazy market is consumer product industry. So they are the first that need to respond to this uh, demand rapidly. So the only way uh, consumer product industries have to really uh, be able to respond uh, is using the same type of technologies. What we are seeing is that this is going then backwards along the supply chain. And as I said mm-hmm. before, the industries that are a bit like lagging behind are those who are uh, 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 far away from the the end consumer. So, for example, I mentioned before the the metal industry, right? So they are not yet feeling such a pressure from the customers or the customers, but they will. Uh, get it soon because it's a matter of system, right? So they also will have to get the same type of uh, uh, of velocity. 
Mike, your thoughts on this in terms of is there any division of, of us now and them still stuck in the past? Uh, is anybody clinging to the old ways and just denying that everything has moved forward in factory running and factory processing, factory methodologies? So what's your thought, your viewpoint from the SAP Perch? Yeah, you know, listen. Technology is, is is the great equalizer, right? It, uh, mm-hmm. it gives you a chance to to jump ahead and, and, and implement innovation to to put you in the lead. I do think that uh, that industries which have the aging workforce, uh, you, that you know, the, you have the old who may not have played with the internet, you know, may not have embraced technology as much as the younger generation, and I think they still lag behind somewhat. And that's the challenges as the Aging workforce retires and moves on. How do you take that knowledge that's in their head, you know, and get it in a way that you can get it to this next generation of worker who's embracing technology? So I, I do think there are industries and certain factories that have not leaped ahead, and a lot of it's because of the ability for their workforce to accept technology, and I think that's where you have really the aging workforce. Okay. What about management? What about aging management rather than the workforce? So what about management that just, just can't see their way to spending the money on all of that? What do you think? Anybody still stuck in the past who is just refusing to move ahead or? Well, I think today, to be honest with you, if, from a management standpoint, you're always, you know, hey, you know, management's not taking me there. I think management has become more creative. I think management has become more receptive. I think management's come more open. Uh, so I really think that the managers that were hesitant to spend on technology to invest are the ones that are, are being shown the door today and are being left behind because, uh, you know, today manufacturers have to maintain their, their mature markets while they develop emerging markets. And, you know, the one that moves the fastest is going to reach the biggest benefit. And I think management has gotten smart and realized that. So uh, I think management has come a long way um, in the way they think and the way they react. Okay, let's talk about preparing for a job in the factory of the future. We talked a little bit about the pride people have. Hey, my kid's working in such and such a factory. He's got a tablet. He's part of this value chain. He's helping to make sure that things happen on time and the profits are pouring in. And my kid is really important to this. It's no longer, oh, my kid couldn't do anything else. He's working in a factory. What kind of education will you need to have one of these, I'll call it, quote, unquote, intelligent factory jobs in the next 10 years. Uh, Bob Parker, any thoughts on this or any surveys you've done through IDC? Yeah, the same survey I mentioned at the top of the show, Bonnie. We uh, also asked, uh, would you recommend a relative to go into the manufacturing industry? And, dis- and contrary to surveys we'd done three years ago, four years ago, where the numbers were fairly low that I mentioned on the, uh, the last show, um, they were pretty high. Uh, but when we dug into it further, we did a set of uh, detailed interviews as a follow-up to the survey. And when we talked to people about that, they said, yes, we would recommend a relative to go in, but go in with engineering skills or go in with some very specific skills. So they're not recommending those relatives just try to find a factory job, to your point, but to have certain skills that will uh, you know, represent an opportunity to not only have exciting work, but to, uh, earning potential, uh, for a, a lot more. So I think that's the, that's the key. And, you know, w- one of the things we talk to, uh, I, sometimes we, we do these workshops and, uh, I had one circumstance where I had someone from a heavy equipment manufacturer and someone from a government agency in the same room. 
And the government person always tends to jump up and go, well, look, we'll put some money in, we'll do a public-private partnership, and we'll help you train, the fa- train these factory workers. And the, the, the gentleman, as diplomatically as he could from the manufacturing company, said, look, you know, I get this offer all, this, all the time, but if you send me people who can't even do Euclidean geometry, I'm at a disadvantage. I can't train these people. So I think the other message is it, this training has to start in K through six. It can't be. Um, mm-hmm. It can't be just uh, those partnerships. And I apologize for the background noise here. Sorry. I know you're in an airport. We're just glad that we had the opportunity. By the way, you have a fan. You have a fan out here, Bob. Uh, Kate McNeil said, "I just tuned into SAP Radio to hear the fabulous Robert E. Parker. My day is complete." <laughs> <laughs> and, and by the I way, to, did Bob, yes, Bob call Kate? <laughs> I don't, I don't think. In the mail. Kate, your check is in the mail. And by the way, Margo is listening. Thank you, Margo. And she's having her usual Nespresso decaffeinado lungo. At uh, one point, we're about a minute away from break. Um, let's let's go to uh, Pierre for this. Pierre, sustainability, environmental state sustainability is such a big, big buzzword for everybody in terms of factories. Just quickly, give me a 30-second answer if you can. How is everything we've been talking about, factory of the future, helping with the idea that factories are embracing environmental sustainability quickly well absolutely they are i mean uh, factories are embracing uh, sustainability in a way that it, it is no no more uh, a kind of strange uh, uh, topic actually if you really think uh, some of the classics uh, 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 continuous process improvement like lean uh, it's absolutely green so many manufacturers are calling that lean and green uh, think about any anything about the w- waste management and etc so absolutely uh, the factory of today and of course of the future is embracing uh, sustainability um, and sustainability is not only a cost but manufacturers are measuring benefits uh, out of that Thank you, Pierre. And you know what? You took me up to our final break. When we come back, it's time for my three guests, Pierre Menente, Bob Parker, and Mike Lackey, to gaze into the crystal ball, polish it up, clean it off, and tell me what you predict Factory of the Future will look like five years from today in 2017. Maybe we'll be back on the radio in five years talking about it, but just just in case we're not, we want to know right now, what do you see five years ahead or any time frame you wish to choose? I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers. We'll be right back with our final segment. You don't want to miss the predictions. Brad out. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.com 
d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And we're back. I'm thanking Kate on Twitter for all the wonderful things she said about Bob Parker because that really deserves a thank you. Kate, your check is in the mail. Okay, let's kick this off crystal ball segment. I'm going to start with Bob Parker from IDC. Everybody's smiling, I know. Everybody loves a fan club when they're on live radio. So there. Bob Parker, five years ahead. Can you look that far ahead for me and talk to me about, we're talking about the factory of the future. Will it already be a done deal and we won't have a future? It will just be the factory, the new factory in five years, Bob? What do you think? Well, I think uh, five years may be a little too soon to, to look, and I'd like to look a little further out, uh, if I okay. may. Okay, sure. I think that point about it being more integrated with the customer, I think there's going to be some exciting things that are going to happen with what we call additive technologies, 3D printing. Uh, mm. Nike has a technology called FlyNet where they can basically build a sneaker on a frame so you could go into a uh, shoe store order the sneaker, and have them make it in the back room to your exact specification. So wow. I think there's this convergence of the, of the factory and the retail and the distribution downstream. It's going to get much more mass customization, much more consumer-focused. So I think these additive technologies uh, are going to open up a lot of possibilities, and we'll see smaller factories closer to demand that have that flexibility that uh, Pierre Francesco talks about. So that's that's what I see. That's that's the path I'll will be on in five years. I don't know if we'll be all the way there yet. Interesting. What you're saying to me, Bob. What what I'm hearing you say is that we're almost going back to the one-off production where we originally started with handcrafts. Perhaps European artisans and and people today who are doing I'll make that for you custom high end. You're saying we'll be able to bring the factory so close to the end customer that you'll be able to order it and have it made very quickly for yourself. It will still be part of the factory process. Is that what I'm hearing you say? That's that's exactly that's exactly right. There was a there was an advertise, television advertising back in the e-business days, if you remember the hype around that, and there was a UPS commercial, and it showed a pair of swim flippers coming out of a printer. And it's, you know, that it was kind of a joke back then, but mm-hmm. it's actually driving towards the reality today, so it's kind of funny. So my favorite French phrase is plus ça change, plus ça la même chose. The more things change, the more they stay the same. We're going back to you can have it exactly the way you want it, but it'll be done through modern factory processes, intelligent mobility, intelligent holistic processing, capabilities, not capacity, etc. Everything we've been talking about. Let's turn to, but enough about me, let's turn to Mike Lackey from SAP. Mike, five years ahead, what do you think? Is that a good time frame for your prediction, or do you want to change the time frame? Any product at any time, on any line, just the way the customer wants it. I think technology is a great accelerator. I think, you know, technology changes. You have a a huge technology uh, transformation every two years. So I think five years is is very legitimate. I think you're going to see the machines are going to have communication capabilities. It's going to feed the supply chain. You're going to see that tighter connection between suppliers, customers, and what's going on on the shop floor with the as-built data. You're going to see much more responsiveness, and I think you're going to see this big move from, you know, make the stock for the masses to more engineered to order and configured to order. And I think our factories are going to be very self-contained. You're going to see sustainability. 
You know, I think factories are going to have their own smart grids, and their facilities are going to you know, generate their own powering capabilities and become much more greener than they are today because that's the next frontier for really controlling costs. So I think the factories you see today are going to be very different in the next five years, and I think they're going to be very more responsive and innovative. And I think we, the consumers, are going to be the big winner. Okay, I want to ask you to add a little bit to that, Mike. We have a little extra time here before we get to Pierce predictions. My question to you, Mike Lackey, is will it be a high-end product? Will it be a high-end customer, rather, who will be able to afford this back to the future, back to the past? I want it now. I want it exactly how I want it. Mr. Factory, Ms. Factory owner, make it for me exactly as I want it. Do it fast. How expensive will that be? Will it be just for the elite or will it be for the masses? Customization for the masses, that must be an oxymoron in there. Mike, what do you think? <laughs> um, is it going to be for the, for the rich and famous? No. Yes. Manufacturers are all about providing value to their customers, and they okay. want to get to the masses. I asked you today, you know, you look at it, let's just take the iPhone. How many people, just go, just go out wherever you are, look on the street or walk around with an iPhone. When they mm-hmm. first came out, everybody thought they were inexpensive. But, they, but technology and innovation made them so easy to use, and it changed the perspective, and it became cool to have them. You know, manufacturers found a way to deliver them. So, no, these products are going to be made of, the, of, of value to the customer, high quality, and it's going to be at a cost that people will pay for that value. So, no, I don't just see it for the rich and famous. I see it for the masses, and I see it for the people who understand the value of what they're paying for. So uh, I think manufacturers are in a great position to change the way Uh, you know, we buy today. Very interesting. Thank you so much, and thanks for answering my extra question. Pier Menente, it's time for you to predict. What do you see across the years? Five years, good time frame for you, more or less. What do you think? Well, yes. uh, We have uh, recently run our our research about what will be the factory of the future in five years from now and and more. And as a sort of summary of many things that I I heard so far, so uh, uh, the factory of the future uh, would be based on knowledge workers rather than uh, traditional labor, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. we talked about that, and the, the reason uh, for that is that uh, manufacturers uh, uh, want to to have that degree of flexibility that knowledge workers can can provide to them, rather than uh, rigid or, or inflexible uh, automation. Right. So just a quote out of this uh, of, of this survey. So to the question. You know, what do you anticipate will be the primarily way your factory will be managed in the next five years and beyond? You know, the, the most ranked one was collaborative with a, a greater emphasis on involving employees, customers, and partners in processes and decision making. So uh, people will be at the center uh, uh, of that. Of course, people will have to leverage technology. Uh, which goes, which ranges from auto- automation uh, to uh, uh, intelligent robotics uh, to uh, information uh, services. Uh, what uh, uh, workers will have to be, they will have to be focused on, on value-added activities, and this is where already today uh, uh, there's lack of talent, so already companies are finding hard to find specialized people for, for their plant. Um, so this is, is an area of attention and it is very interesting that uh, technology can also uh, become the way for manufacturers to become more attractive 
one of the issues is that we are seeing manufacturing is, is the aging workforce, which is mm-hmm. uh, there everywhere, but particularly manufacturing. And the reason is that over the last 20 years or even more, the manufacturing industry has not been attractive for uh, uh, for younger generation that prefer right. doing something else, right? And this is due to media, government, education, and etc. So the key challenges, challenges today for the industry is trying to be attractive, to attract newer generation. And actually, at the end of the story, if you really think to young kids, they are uh, 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 they love cross-making, so they are naturally, humanity, human being is attracted by uh, uh, making, right? So we need to change a little bit this perspective, right? And uh, and technology can really help, right? Because a modernly organized factory where tablets and modern technology is there is the way to attract current generation of, of, of younger of younger people. Thank you, Pierre. And you know what? It's time for Bonnie to do her predictions. And I predict that tomorrow on In the Cloud with Game Changers, we'll be talking about cool BI. The uninitiated would like to know BI is business intelligence. Cool BI, emerging trends in the cloud. Where should your BI be? On-premise in the cloud, you dare take the risk. A leap of faith is a cloud ready, mature, and trustworthy enough. We have a great panel. I predict a great debate about this topic on tomorrow's show at 4 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Pacific here on the Business Channel. And I also predict that next Wednesday, the September 19th, right here on Coffee Break, we'll be talking about building a social community and social leadership strategy. More coming on that. Shout-outs, Patricia Harris, Malcolm Kimberlin, and Marty Marugal. Thanks for introducing us to Mike Lackey and the Business Channel team. A special shout-out to my very esteemed and wonderful guest, Bob Parker. We loved you at the airport. We'll welcome you back anytime, anywhere, Bob. <laughs> Permanente, thank you for calling in from London. Enjoy your team. Mike Lackey, terrific having you on the show. Welcome to Coffee Break, and here's my message for everybody. What are you waiting for? Go be a game changer today for your company, for your team, for your community. Just go do it. Dial in to SAPGameChangersRadio.com and get your Coffee Break official mug. We'd love to send you one today. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. It's been great hosting another edition of Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. Go be a game changer. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.